Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of Saints Cornelius and Cyprian. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who gave saints Cornelius and Cyprian to your people as diligent shepherds and valiant martyrs, grant that through their intercession we may be strengthened in faith and constancy and spend ourselves without reserve for the unity of the Church. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Be ambitious for the higher gifts, and I am going to show you a way that is better than any of them. If I have all the eloquence of men or of angels, but speak without love, I am simply a gong booming or a cymbal clashing. If I have the gift of prophecy, understanding all the mysteries there are, and knowing everything, And if I have faith in all its fullness to move mountains, but without love, then I am nothing at all. If I give away all that I possess, piece by piece, and if I even let them take my body to burn it, but am without love, it will do me no good whatever. Love is always patient and kind. It is never jealous. Love is never boastful or conceited. It is never rude or selfish. It does not take offence and is not resentful. Love takes no pleasure in other people's sins, but delights in the truth. It is always ready to excuse, to trust, to hope, and to endure whatever comes. Love does not come to an end, but if there are gifts of prophecy, the time will come when they must fail or the gift of languages, it will not continue forever. And knowledge, for this too, the time will come when it must fail. For our knowledge is imperfect, and our prophesying is imperfect. But once perfection comes, all imperfect things will disappear. When I was a child, I used to talk like a child, and think like a child, and argue like a child. But now I am a man, all childish ways are put behind me. Now we are seeing a dim reflection in a mirror. 
but then we shall be seen face to face. The knowledge that I have now is imperfect, but then I shall know as fully as I am known. In short, there are three things to the last, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Happy the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Give thanks to the Lord upon the harp. With a ten-stringed lute, sing him songs. O sing him a song that is new. Play loudly with all your skill. Happy the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. For the word of the Lord is faithful, and all his works to be trusted. The Lord loves justice and right, and fills the earth with his love. Happy the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. They are happy whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own. May your love be upon us, O Lord, as we place all our hope in you. Happy the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Alleluia, alleluia. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people, What description can I find for the men of this generation? What are they like? They are like children shouting to one another while they sit in the marketplace. We played the pipes for you and you wouldn't dance. We sang dirges and you wouldn't cry. For John the Baptist comes, not eating bread, not drinking wine, and you say, he's possessed. The Son of Man comes, eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom has been proved right by all her children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the Gospel today, I think, is a little bit challenging to understand at first hearing. Jesus complains. What description can I find for the men of this generation? What are they like? They're like children shouting to one another while they sit in the marketplace. We played the pipes for you and you wouldn't dance. We sang dirges and you wouldn't cry. So I think what we're supposed to imagine is um, kids playing They're playing imaginary games. You know, we played the pipes. In which case, you know, you play the pipes, it's a party. It's a happy occasion. We're supposed to celebrate. We're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to revel. We're supposed to dance. We played the pipes for you, but you wouldn't dance. You wouldn't play along. Then we have the flip side. We sang dirges and you wouldn't cry. And so you can imagine kids in the marketplace, they're playing funerals, right? You know, we're supposed to be solemn and somber. And again, you're not playing along. We sang dirges and you wouldn't cry. Basically, Jesus is complaining that this generation, they're just never satisfied. Whatever it is you present them with, they want something else. John the Baptist comes not eating bread, not drinking wine, and you say he's possessed. Then the Son of Man comes, eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. There's nothing you can do to make these people happy. They wouldn't be happy in heaven. 
And you almost get the sense that they're, you know, scratching to find any excuse to reject whatever is presented to them. There's something fundamentally closed about them. Something that um, out and out rejects Jesus before even giving him a look. So why is that? There seems to be a fairly fundamental lack of love in that immediate dismissal of the other. I don't know. I wonder, maybe we can use the first reading as a little bit of a key to examine the attitude of that generation. Um, And maybe it can help us to examine the attitude of, well, this generation. Because let's face it, we've all got the same kind of struggles. So that first reading, I mean, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard it before. Um, We get this great little canticle on love. St. Paul tells the Corinthians love is always patient and kind, it's never jealous, love is never boastful or conceited, it's never rude or selfish, it doesn't take offence and it's not resentful. Love takes no pleasure in other people's sins but delights in the truth and is always ready to excuse, to trust, to hope and to endure whatever comes. Love does not come to an end. Brilliant. Spectacular poetry and amazing, amazing insight. Now, Pope Francis wrote beautifully on this canticle uh, in his apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia. Um, And I thought maybe just drawing on him for a little bit to see what's going on with these guys in the gospel. Well, first of all, Pope Francis draws on this first point of St. Paul. Love is patient. And he links this with the expectation that we can have that everyone ought to be perfect. That we don't give any space to other people's imperfection. He says this, Unless we cultivate patience, we will always find excuses for responding angrily. We will end up incapable of living together, antisocial, unable to control our impulses, and our families will become battlegrounds. He points out that, you know, this kind of patience, this kind of biblical patience, Um, is about being slow to anger. Certainly not about letting ourselves be constantly mistreated, he says, but not to come to our relationships with the expectation that the other would be perfect. Now, when we apply that to the people in the gospel, right? Obviously, Jesus is perfect, but they're expecting him to accord 100% to their expectations. And they thought the same of St. John the Baptist. You're going to fit my picture. And the fact that they don't means that they're rejected, dismissed out of hand. Well, they've set themselves up as judge, jury and executioner. That's certainly not patience. And it's, it's not love. St. Paul also says that love is not jealous. Love's not envious. Um, What does that mean? Well, that envy is the kind of satisfaction that we can feel at someone else's misfortune. Or, flip side, the kind of sorrow that we can feel at someone else's success. A sense that we're in competition with one another. And that your wins come at the expense of my losses. Is there a bit of that going on in this generation that Jesus is complaining about? 
that they don't like the success of John the Baptist, they don't like the success of Jesus, that other people are open to them and following them and listening to them, and that they're left behind? I don't know, but it's not love. Next, Paul says that love is not boastful. And here's what Pope Francis says about this. He said, the following word, perpetuity in Greek, denotes vainglory, the need to be haughty, pedantic, and somewhat pushy. Those who love not only refrain from speaking too much about themselves, but they're focused on others. They do not need to be the centre of attention. Interesting. The boastful don't like to be part of groups because you can't stand out. How will people notice how fabulous you are if you're one among the others? Well, if Jesus is the good shepherd, I don't just want to be part of a flock. I don't want to be seen to be having the same idea as everyone else, as if I couldn't be original, as if I wasn't smarter than everyone else. Maybe this crowd isn't satisfied with Jesus because they're a bit boastful. And that's not love. Now, we could go on and on, of course, but I'll just put before you one more. St. Paul says that love takes no pleasure in other people's sins, but delights in the truth. And here's what Pope Francis has to say about that. He said, the expression kairai epite adikia, that's the Greek, right? Don't worry about it. Has to do with a negativity lurking deep within a person's heart. Takes delight in people's sins, right? It is the toxic attitude of those who rejoice at seeing an injustice done to others. The following phrase expresses its opposite. Sigkaire te aletheia. It rejoices in the truth. In other words, we rejoice at the good of others when we see their dignity and value, their abilities and good works. This is impossible for those who must always be comparing and competing, even with their spouse, so that they secretly rejoice in their failures. I suppose we can see a bit of a link there with love not being jealous or envious. But do we get a sense that this crowd is rejoicing in John the Baptist's goodness? Rejoicing in Jesus' goodness? No, it's exactly the opposite. And they're criticising Jesus and John the Baptist for opposing reasons. And you sort of go, well, well, what do you want? What is goodness then? I suppose the interesting thing is that we never hear what the crowd do with regards to eating and drinking and fasting. They're not happy with how Jesus or John the Baptist do it. So what do they do? No, the measure that's applied to Jesus and John the Baptist isn't the measure that's appropriately applied to them. Uh, And so they're able to condemn the other without condemning themselves. And that's not love. Can't we rejoice in the goodness of the other? I think it's a handy little case study we have in the Gospel today. And it's probably worthwhile to test ourselves against some of these aspects which St. Paul describes as being essential to love. Because the consequence of having a closed off and negative attitude towards others might mean that like the generation about which Jesus complains, we too may fail to recognize Jesus when he comes.
and end up rejecting him. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. <laughs>